Who's ever asked a question, God, how do I hear your voice? Has anyone ever thought about people talk about God, like hearing God's voice? Has anybody ever thought about that? How do I hear God's voice? Anyone? Yep, it's a good question, right? So the best way I can, one of the best illustrations I can think of when it comes to hearing God's voice. Who's got a Bible? Can someone grab their Bible? So if you were to say to me, hey, Josh, how do I hear God's voice, right? My thing would be going, let me see your Bible, Seth. Aha, I see the issue. <coughs> you can do the read me, dust finger. The Bible is not meant to be an asthmatic hazard. You've got to understand that the Bible is not meant to be in a place collecting dust. The Bible is meant to be something you open up regularly because that is the best way God will speak to you. Some people think the Bible is an educational book. Some people think the Bible is, a, is about history. But this, and it's not just reading it for education. You read it and, say, and you pray and say, God, what are you wanting to say to me today? And so we're going to look at the Bible today. And I believe it's going to be inspirational. And God's going to speak to you where you're at and give you what you need to be closer to him. Is that, does anyone believe that today? That you're going to hear the voice of God today. So we're going to go to the Bible, to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. The book of Matthew, chapter 22. Tell me when you get there, Seth. Matthew, chapter 20. Or turn on your Bible, turn, on, turn it on, flip to Matthew, chapter 22. We'll wait for you. Matthew, chapter 22. And so you might, in my Bible, right, in Matthew, chapter 22, I'll show it to you. In my Bible, there's these things... Tell me if anything, if they notice anything on this. I'm going to get there. Matthew 22. Boom, I'm there. Say so got there when you got there. Got there. We've got some people there. Can anyone say this is my Bible, right? This is my Bible. Can anyone notice, does anybody notice anything in particular about those pages? Is anything different from a normal book? Red writing. Piper's got everyone give Piper a clap. So there's red writing. What the red writing is, so in, not all Bibles have it, but some have it. See, mine here says here, Red letter. See that? Red letter. Which means when Jesus speaks, every time Jesus speaks, that is in red letters. So if you want to know what Jesus says in the Bible, get a red letter Bible and his, everything that Jesus says in red. So you'll notice in um, Matthew chapter 22, all of what we're reading is directly from Jesus because it's red letter. Amen, Carl. Exactly. So what we're going to so Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 14, and it says this Jesus also told them parables. Here's another question for us. Well, what is a parable? I'm going to help you out. A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. There you go. So that's what a parable is. Jesus would tell simple stories illustrating moral or spiritual lessons. And so that's what we're looking at today. So continuing on. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One of them to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. Yikes. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is uh, ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. 
But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his, uh, whatever they are, but bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. Can we just close our eyes wherever you are right now and just you know, sign and say, God, we're putting away our distractions and we want to focus right, right now on you. So Holy Spirit, we want you to speak to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive. We thank you that it has a capacity to change our lives. And God, we don't want to leave this place the same way that we came in. We want to be more positive. We want to be more full of your fruit, that when we go back to our parents, they see a change. That we, when we go to school on Monday, we are, we are living on purpose. We're living on mission. And God, we just thank you that the best days of our life are ahead and that today is not just, these next few moments aren't just going to be wasted, but they're going to be moments where you grow us and you, and you help us become all that you want us to be. And we all said, we'll have what he's having. Amen. We agree for that. So I've got a sister, Liana. Who knows Liana? Who remembers Liana? So Liana, right, she tells a tale. Liana has a tale and she says this. One, so one Sunday morning, a few months ago, she came to church, right? She came to a Sunday morning worship gathering experience here at One Heart. And then she's looking to the front of church and she goes, that's what I'm talking about. Finally, we're, we're finally reaching homeless people. She looks, she goes, this, this is fantastic. Like, kitchen, come on, somebody. She's like, high fiving everybody. High fiving everyone, like, yes, let's go, one heart. We're, we're, we're inviting, we're, we've got the like, home, people that actually need Jesus, we've got those people coming to church. So she, she's excited in a frenzy of like, this, this is. We're finally reaching new people, right? And then she, then she takes another look and she goes, no, surely not. It can't be. And then she face palms. It is. That's Josh. That's my brother, Josh. What I Then at the end of the church, she comes up to me and she goes, Josh, what are you wearing? You look homeless. Josh, what are you wearing? You look homeless. And I was like, I thought this was a good fit. I thought this was a good get up. But Leanna's like, she's thinking, we're we're finally, the church is reaching lost people and it was me wearing ugly clothes and she was heartbroken, right? And so if you're taking notes today, the title that we're going to be looking at is, what are you wearing? And can you poke the person beside you and tell them, what am I, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? And I want to personalize it. And can we ask a question? What am I wearing? What am I wearing? What am I wearing? So we're going to break down what we've read and we're going to see how that can apply to our lives, right? So what are we wearing? So Jesus says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. But when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, right? So the kingdom of heaven... The kingdom of God is like a wedding feast. We've got to understand, so who likes KFC here? Who likes a bit of popcorn chicken, right? So we could go right now, Nathaniel, you're a champion, bro, honestly. I want to let you know, you've got to take special time and decide who, what mates you're going to hang out with 
and what mates you're not going to hang out with because honestly, there's, uh, there's something special on your life and God's saying, Nathaniel, don't waste your time on people that are going to drag you down. You've got to put yourself around people that are going to build you up, that you become, become a champion, that others, so that in 10 years' time, people are like, how did he get that job? Why is he living successfully? But because you made intentional decisions, say, I'm putting God first, I'm stepping right to where God's want me and not getting distracted and just going with the flow and being nowhere. So I want to encourage you with that. Sorry. So KFC, amen. Who loves a good bit of the kernel, right? So we could go, we could go to KFC right now and get you a box of popcorn chicken. That'll be fine. But you know what? That that's just like what earthly generosity. But we've got to understand, God doesn't just give you a box of popcorn chicken. He goes, here you go, Amy. Here's a family feast bucket. He goes, Maddie. Get rid of the popcorn chicken. Here's a whole family feast. You've got to understand, God doesn't just give you the box of popcorn chicken. He gives you the full banquet. He has far more supply than what we are craving, right? And that's the truth. So God's got a bigger banquet than what we can actually receive of. Then we, we see these things then. Th- th- this king has his banquet ready. His son's wedding's happening. And he starts inviting all these people to the wedding. He says, come on, come to the banquet. The, 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 the family feast is ready for you. Come get it. Come get it. Children, come get the, the, the bucket. But everyone goes, no, sorry, I've got to go to work. Oh, no, no, sorry. I've got to go check on my farm. They give him all these dumb excuses. Oh, yeah, I'd rather go to work than eat, popcorn, uh, eat my family bucket. I'd rather, I'd rather look at the farm than eat my KFC. But, and so then they ignore, the, they, they ignore, they reject this great offer to come to, um, to eat this feast. And what, Jesus, what that is a symbol of is the Jews or the nation of Israel. So God originally called the nation of Israel and said, come follow me. Come and live a life of blessing. Come inherit the kingdom of God. When you die, you have eternity with me. But unfortunately, the Jews rejected Jesus. The, the nation of Israel, Israel rejected Jesus. And so what the king decides, he goes, well, this blessing that I've prepared for you, I'm not going to waste. We're going to invite everybody else. Anybody else we can like invite, we will. And so here's the thing. What he, the king was saying is what you have despised, I'm going to give to who you despise. So the Jews despise everyone else. They thought, we're the best. We're the coolest. We deserve everything from God. But God was saying, you know what? You despise my gift. Well, I'm going to give what you despise to who you despise. And then we now get to inherit the kingdom of God because they rejected it, right? And so I love what it said. It says that anybody you can find, good and bad alike. And so I don't know what the teacher, the teacher might say, Seth, you're good, or the teacher might think Seth is a bad kid. The teacher might think Nathaniel's good, or the teacher might think Nathaniel's bad. It doesn't matter whether you sit on the good category or whether you sit on the bad category. God invites all of us. That kid in your class that you know is an older kid, the kid that you know in your class is a Mr. Popularity. It doesn't matter. God says the invite goes to all of us. Who, who thanks God that God has invited them? Woo! I do. I, I thank God that God's invited me to his feast. And so you've you got to understand, God has a place for you. God has a seat for you and a meal for you that is ready for you to receive. Then here's a scary part. Can someone make a scary noise? Bum, bum, bum. This, is a scary, this is a scary part. It says there, but when the king came to meet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. What was he wearing? He wasn't wearing the proper clothes. Friend, he asked, how is it that you were sitting here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. 
The man had no reply, but he was wearing the wrong clothes. Because then at the end it said, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. So the call goes out to all of us. You are invited, but have you dressed for the occasion? Have you, have you dressed for the occasion? The king asks, uh, how is it that you are here, here without wedding clothes? The king asks, just like my sister said to me, what are you wearing, Josh? You look homeless. The king asks this guy, what, why are you here without the proper clothes? What are you wearing? And so the king cares what you wear. And here's the thing. God cares what you wear. Now, we're not talking about my big t- dress T-shirt here, got all the clothes that you got on your skin. Jesus or God is talking about your life. What, so if I go to the Navigator College on Monday, right, and I wear this and just sit down, people will be like, he doesn't belong here. He's not in the right uniform, right? Does that make sense? If I go to the high school, if I'm just rock up in, in uh, my, footy, my footy guernsey and rock up at the high school, people are like, what is he doing here? He's not in the right uniform, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? Your uniform, if I wear my school uniform to my school, that reveals I belong. Your clothes, your uniform reveals where you belong. If a cop walks in right now for uniform, we be like, uh-oh, what have we done wrong? Because there's a cop here. Because his uniform, his clothes represent where he belongs. Does that make sense to anybody in this place? Your clothing represents where you belong. And we've got to understand that when we understand that we have a seat in heaven, our lives will reflect, our clothing will reflect. This person, just like when I see a cop rocks up, they're from They're a cop because their uniform reveals where they belong. They have authority because of that uniform. When I go to a school, I I can see people walking down the street in a school uniform. I go, they belong at St. Joe's. They belong at the Port Lincoln High School because your clothes reveal where you belong. Just because you go to, you walk to Navigator College in your in clothes doesn't mean you belong. Just because I go to the high school doesn't mean that's where I belong. But when you wear the uniform, you are saying, I belong here. But the same thing is when we get the call to go to the banquet, do, does our clothes say, we belong? Because we want to have clothes that say, I've dressed for the occasion. I don't just rock up here. I am ready to go. You don't go to footy and play for Tasmans in a, in a Mallee Park Guernsey. Because you don't belong. You come in the Guernsey for the team because that's where you belong. So Jesus usually uses wedding clothes as an example. And so that what this thing, so we are, are we, the basic principle is that are we called or are we chosen? Because many are called but few are chosen. We can all rock up, but are we wearing the clothes? And I want us to be a chosen youth ministry, not just a called youth ministry. Tell them you are called. Orlando, you are called. Shell. You are called, but I don't just want us to be called. I want us to be chosen, and we got to wear the right clothes. And what these clothes are is called faith. Can everybody say faith? Tell the person beside you, wear some faith. Wear some faith. We need to wear faith. The clothes that Jesus cares about is do you have faith? Hebrews 11, in the New King James Version, it'll be on the screen, I believe, I'll say this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Please who? God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he, 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is. So we've got to go to God and believe that God is God. God is Lord. God is creator. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when you wear faith, you see that God is moving in your life. We've got to understand that. Faith is this capacity to go, God, you're real. God, I believe in you. God, I trust you. And I believe you for what's to come in my life. And so, and it's basically saying, God, where I am now is not where I'm going to be because I'm trusting you to take me on the journey of where I need to go. Ephesians 2.8, again in the New King James Version says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. Let's break that down. By grace, we have been saved through faith. Does anyone know the difference between mercy and grace? Great. Grace isn't what we say at the dinner table before a prayer before the meal. It is, but that's not what we're talking about. So mercy, right? They're similar. So mercy is not getting what you deserved, not getting what you deserved. So uh, what's what's something that's not right to do? Anybody? Sin. Well, what what could be a sin be? Robbing a bank. So robbing a bank. If 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 Chloe just got out her gun and just started shooting up people and said, "Give me your money," bang, bang, bang. So what would what does she deserve? To go to jail. Come on, justice. You deserve justice. You deserve to go to jail. Give the bank back the money, Chloe, right? But mercy is saying, mercy is going, you know what? That's what you deserve, but that's not what you're going to get. We're going to show you mercy and say, you know what? We forgive you, Chloe. Don't go robbing banks again, right? Justice says you go to jail. Mercy says you don't. We don't take, like, you're not going, we're not sending you to jail because we're going to show you mercy. So mercy is not getting what you deserve. But then grace is the opposite. Grace is when you get stuff you don't deserve. So an example could be Chloe, so the next level of that is, so Chloe, you've robbed the bank to get money. Well, you, you deserve to go to jail, but you know what? We're going to show you grace and we're going to give you money. We're going to give you double. So mercy is not getting what we deserve, but grace is getting what we don't deserve. Does that, anyone know, so we can see the difference. So mercy is when we, when we don't get the punishment that is owed to us, but grace is when we are given what's not owed to us. So someone else could be doing, uh, you could be, have a job, someone else does all the hard yards, that you, and then you get the promotion. You didn't deserve it, but grace is saying, for whatever reason, you didn't do the hard work, but we're giving you the promotion because that's what grace is. So what? So back to this Ephesians verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. So Jesus says, you know what? If you want salvation, if you want to have a right relationship with God, you, that you access that by faith, but it's a gracing. It's given to you and you don't deserve it. But how do we access that grace? That grace through faith. There's a, we've got to have a belief that says, God, we, we trust you. God, we believe in you. God, we believe that, that you, are, you exist. And then with that belief, we have access to grace, which says you don't deserve heaven, but we're giving you heaven. And it says back in Hebrews that it said that it is impossible to please God without faith. A, a big lie that you'll hear Christians will say, Christians will say, to be a Christian, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to follow these rules. It does not matter what rule there is. You're, the only thing that pleases God is faith. And so has anyone heard of the Ten Commandments? Anyone heard of that? So there's these things called Ten Commandments. They're not bad things. So if you go to Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy, I believe it's chapter 5, there's these things called the Ten Commandments. And so that four of these commandments talk about 
the human's relationship with God. So it's how humans should treat and act to God. Then the final six talk about how people should treat people. So there's things like don't murder. Who wants to be murdered here? Nobody wants to be murdered. It says don't steal. Don't be jealous. It talks about those things. Don't covet. But what, what, so none of those things are bad. None of us want to be stolen. None of us want to have things taken from us. But what, so we might go, well, to be a good godly person, I've got to follow the Ten Commandments. No, we don't. Those things are good, but God isn't pleased by us obeying the Ten Commandments. God is only pleased when we have faith. Because people think, if I follow the Ten Commandments, I've been a good little boy, I've been a good little girl, I've been a good youth. But God says, I don't care what you can do, because it's grace what, what I'm pleased with. And you've got to have the faith to access that. And so I'd encourage you this week, go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and that chapter has account after account after account of people that had faith, and that's what pleased God. So, and what they'll do is they'll go, God will say, Claire, this is what I want you to do in your school. It's a, like, Tamika, God, God will say, Tamika, I want you to be I want you to just love and keep on loving that really annoying person that everybody hates, right? And then the person with faith goes, God, if that's what you've spoken to me to do, I don't like it. I don't necessarily agree with it. But God, if that's what you're saying, I'm going to take the step. I'm going to take the step. Faith is taking the steps of obedience when God speaks. And faith is the only thing that pleases God. So what are you wearing? What are the clothes... We're meant to wear. We're meant to wear faith. It's not just going, God, I heard your voice. <laughs> I'm called. It's saying, no, I am chosen. I've, I've heard the call and I'm walking in faith. I'm just not here thinking, give me some more KFC. I'm saying, no, God, I thank you for the KFC, but I have the faith to believe for more in my life. And so when you have faith, you produce fruit. God wants fruit to flourish in your life. And the only way you produce godly fruit is by having the faith to say, God, speak to me. God, move in my life because, God, I believe you have more for me. So many are called, but few are chosen. Many are invited, but the question is, just because we're invited, are we wearing the right clothes? And one youth, it's time that we be a youth ministry of faith where we wear the right clothes. So can we just stand all over this place? Can we stand? And we're going to, a song's going to come up on the screen, but I, I really believe that there's people in this room that go, you know what? I want to make, I want to press into God and have access to faith. I want God to do something in my situation and uh, believe that God can access faith for me. Does it, so just like I came to that church service looking like a homeless man and my sister said, Josh, what are you wearing? I believe God is speaking to you today and saying, what are you, Maddie, what are you wearing? Orlando, what are you wearing? And it's time for us to put on faith. It's time for us to say, today's a day I choose to put on new clothes. Today's the day I choose to have faith. So if that's you and you just go, yep, that's me. I would encourage you to just come down the front. Me and some of the leaders are going to pray for you and believe that you're going to put on a, a, a set of faith clothes that you'd be living a life that pleases 